And with that music, we start a new episode of Down the Rabbit Hole, episode number 20. Hello, Carl. Good afternoon, Rafa. A lovely day. Uh-huh. Very warm. Okay. Very, very warm, in fact. I had to sprint to get here on time today. Uh-huh. So I'm a little bit of a grease blob, but... <laughs> no. Well, after our every show section of the weather yeah now we have to tell you that today's episode number 20 and this is the second part of super strength mm. this is the science part of the episode and if you are new to the podcast we just want to remind you very fast that we're a podcast where we talk about sci-fi mysteries uh conspiracy theories but we also talk the facts the science about we, the same topic we try to or we try to yes. or we invite people Who to knows? help us with it yeah we so, did. last week, we talked about super strength, and we covered things like comics, like uh, mm. some Mythic, mythical, characters. mythical characters, and so on. Uh, you know, Samson and getting its strength from his long hair and curly, exactly. nice hair. And then the kind of urban myth stuff, you know, street drugs, amphetamine, mm -hmm. methamphetamines. Flaca was the name, right? Flaca was the, apparently that's the up and coming, it's at number three in our street drug chart. <laughs> <laughs> we don't really have a street drug chart, I can't even say it. So. Yeah, there you go. There you go, I must stop taking that. So let's start again with uh, how what we mentioned in, in the last episode, which is some terms uh, yeah. related to super strength. Yeah. Shall I? Yes, go yeah. ahead. Okay, Start. well, yeah. Um, we covered this briefly in the first episode, which is that uh, in medical terms, super strength or superhuman strength, you might say, is uh, often referred to as hysterical strength or excited delirium, and that is still my favourite. Uh-huh. If I was going to, you know, that's the one I'd be going for. Excited delirium? Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. I don't know. It just sounds slightly more well, glamorous. And the common uh, thought yeah. is that it's caused by an adrenaline rush. Well, I, it would appear as if that is the general thrust of the knowledge on it. It's nothing dramatically uh -huh. mysterious. I suppose it's the triggers that are the mm -hmm. surprising the surprising thing, aren't they? And we thought that in this, obviously in this episode, we're going to actually give people three ways they can become... Stronger. Super strong. Uh -huh. right? Then they will have to write in the comments if they actually... If they tried it. Tried it. Yeah. <laughs> they actually and increased all, their strength. All these, these are all legal things. Yeah, we're not going to tell you to go and try Flaka because no. No, because, no, 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 no. Because we tried it and it... <laughs> Was nothing you like it said in the brochure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah, we start uh, with uh, some stories in the background of yeah, a couple this, of uh, a couple of references. And I think I don't know about you, but you know, you read these things, these mm -hmm. kinds of uh, news stories, and we kind of take them take them as read, don't we? In truth. We have actually not verified that these are true, but mm -hmm. they are apparently true. And the the first one is an example from 2012. Mm -hmm. And um, a guy in um, the US, in Virginia, called Lauren Komaki. Uh -huh. Actually uh, a woman. Actually a woman. <laughs> just like to correct that. Or 
<laughs> whatever. Anyway, this 22-year-old uh, young lady, she apparently raised a BMW 5 Series off her father who had become trapped when the car fell off a jack. And I don't know, that is quite a um, quite a feat, isn't it? Uh-huh. Um, but we'll come to that in a while to do with cars. But there was one a few um, a few years earlier than that, wasn't there? And yeah, seven years earlier, a man named Tom uh, Boyle mm-hmm. uh, hoisted a Chevy Camaro, freeing a trapped uh, cyclist in Tucson, Arizona. Yeah. Again, a car again. So it? it's again a car. Mm. Actually, most of the stories are with cars. They are, aren't they? And numerous lines of research, uh, especially on athletes, mm. uh, can give some insights about... Uh, the physiological and psychological elements of uh, historical strength. Mm. And, well, I personally think that it's about... um, There are several definitions of strength, depending on the strength that you are pursuing or having. Of course. Uh, I can say that I personally think that, uh, or the one that I use, is that strength is the capacity of your body, your central nervous system, to recruit as many muscle fibers as possible at the same time mm-hmm. for a certain period of time. Right. Because if we recruit all these muscle fibers, let's say at the same time, all of them, for example, all your muscle fibers, let's say in the biceps, mm-hmm. all of them at the same time to work efficiently mm-hmm. for 10 seconds, mm-hmm. you can produce probably your maximal strength. Right. But if the period of time is one minute, mm then probably for the first 10 seconds you will produce your maximum strength and then that amount of strength will reduce. All right. So so I suppose with that statement you're implying that probably all of us have obviously hidden reservoirs of strength effectively in, mm-hmm. in normal circumstances. There is no need to... Um, Utilize them. One, one of exactly. Well, one of the things that uh, can be a very interesting comparison mm-hmm. is when you see in the gym a bodybuilder, right? And then you have, for example, a thinner guy that does, for example, powerlifting. Yes, we've had this conversation yes. before, I think. So the bodybuilder will be lifting more weight, so he's stronger than the other guy, or same strength as the other guy, mm-hmm. let's say, mm-hmm. just because he has more muscle mass. Therefore, there are more muscle fibers involved in the movement, in the strength. So is it the type of muscle fiber? Well, that also has to do in that type of strength. Because We are talking now in general of strength, but depending also in red or, you know, uh, what what exactly fiber you are using. But in general, all the muscle fibers, when triggered at the same time, they produce energy and and force. Mm -hmm. So... A bodybuilder that is not using efficiently all the all his muscle cells mm-hmm. can lift, let's say, 100 kilos. Mm-hmm. It's just a random number. Yeah. And then comes a guy uh, thinner than him that is using the same 100 kilos, but with less muscle mass. But maybe he's using, or in fact, he's using more efficient all the available right. muscle fibers right. Right. to make the lift. So in the case of situations like uh, emergencies, mm-hmm. like, uh, I don't know, crash, when people have lifted cars, in that moment, their central nervous system and with the adrenaline rush mm-hmm. makes all your muscle fibers, puts your body in a state of alert. Right. 
and triggers all of them at the same time. And presumably suppresses pain receptors and of course, all this that kind is of one stuff. of the it's one of the safety things, breaks, yes, isn't it? From adrenaline rushes, yes. Yeah. So presumably, your brain takes off the safety catches or the you know the uh, kind of um, things that stop it allowing you to injure yourself uh-huh. and lets you for a brief moment fully uh-huh. utilize your maximum capacity and also depends on the way you are lifting that uh, of course. Yeah. that weight yeah well uh, we have an example now for example of a guy mm. which is uh, reckoned to have lifted about 3000 pounds uh, no, actually, that the the world record is. Yes, no. What I'm talking. Oh, you're about talking about a deadlifting. The, mm. uh, the guy in the truck, as the example, or most of the examples show, mm. people are lifting cars. But when you hear you hear lifting, for example, mm. what do you think when I say you have to lift a car? Well, you, you what, can, what's the first part of your body that you think of? I suppose the thing I'm thinking of is that you're going to bend down and lift, like. Yeah, but what's the first part that everybody thinks when you say that word? Let's you, lift this. What are you going to lift it with? Yes. I mean, people, the first thing that will, people will imagine is what? Well, their arms. Their arms and arms possibly and possibly their legs, right? But uh, mostly their arms, as humans, yeah. what's the first thing that we think of? Hands. Mm. We need to grab something to lift it. Yeah, yeah. So one thing that people have to understand is that when you do or lift a car, mm. you are doing a deadlift move. Right. Which you are involving from your calves mm. for stabilizing you to your muscles in the legs, mm-hmm. quadriceps and hamstrings. Mm-hmm. And you're using also your butt, the right. glutes. Yeah, yeah. Then lower back, back, arms, shoulders. It's a movement that practically involves all your body. Right. So just because of that, yeah. you are already producing a lot more strength than if something you would lift only with your arms. Uh, of, course. of course. And the fact that most of the times, actually, the car has been lifted from a corner. Yeah, exactly. So the, and also depends on which corner. Exactly. So Where is the engine? Yeah, if you were lifting at the engine end, then obviously you've got an engine block and all the stuff that goes in with that, whereas at the other end, obviously, it's a somewhat lighter. Yes, and let's say that it was a crash. Yeah. If the car is uh, already tilted to a side, mm. it's totally uh, or in, into a part, into a side, yeah. it's easier to move. Yeah than if it was completely flat on the ground. Then again, that's not to take anything away no, from the fact that these no, people of course do not. these things. It is but exceptional, isn't it? But we're just trying to analyse yeah. how, how can this be possible, uh, how it's possible to be done. Yeah, break it down into uh-huh. what is actually going on. Because um, uh, the, the impression given by this idea of lifting a vehicle... Um, an average vehicle, as we said, weighs about three thousand pounds or a, uh-huh. a, a metric ton and a half. Uh, but of course, you know, you're not lifting that really. Even if you lifted it at the front, there's still two wheels at the back on the ground. Mm-hmm. So you know, maximum a half that, um, and even that is that is still exceptional, isn't it? Oh, um, it is. Of course. Um, yeah, so, so the thing I think to get in perspective is that all these cases of vehicle lifting, they're, they're actually lifting a portion of it off the ground, um, probably in the order of several hundred pounds, mm-hmm. probably, yes. is the estimate. Uh, which Well, if we consider that uh, uh, 
one of the world records because it all depends on which federation and where it was established under which conditions. Mm. But there is a record of, or a, for a deadlift of 524 kilos, mm. which is 1,155 pounds. Yeah. Uh, what's the name of this guy? Zavigas. Zadrunas Zavigas. Uh-huh. Well, this comp- this record actually was made during the World's Strongest Man competition. Right. Which, well, of course, is known that uh, there's no controls and tests and so yeah. on. So, but still, you know, like we said, it's not, we are not taking any merit from This isn't the that. Olympics, right? Uh, yes. But... <laughs> yeah, let's not go there. Yeah. In the world of uh, training, let's say, of sports and so mm-hmm. on, it is said that if you can lift two times your body weight... Two times. Then you are already good. Right. For competition. Right. Uh, lifting one time your body weight should be like a goal to accomplish as a first step to... Right. Uh, especially in... Talk, well, if we talk about uh, bench pressing, for example... Right, we had a discussion lifting, about that. <laughs> lifting uh, your one time, uh, your own body weight right. in weight, it's already a good step. Right. Or a big step, even. Right. Uh, but it's a good step, a first start. Right. Lifting double, then you're already for competition. Now you're you know, talking. Yeah, right? Big competitions. So uh, this kind of estimate of, let us say, on a vehicle lift, maybe it's around 700 Uh, How does that equate? Approximately, I'd say. To the average person, what does that equate to? Wow, that's, uh, well, it depends, but if we consider the, I don't know, the average. Average uh, man, right? Average man, it's maybe 75, 80 kilos. So, I don't know, what is 800 pounds, 700 pounds in kilos? Uh, 140. Approximately. Let's see. There, you know, there's a funny rule that we have to learn when we're in competitions. You take 70, let's say 80 kilos, mm. you double it. Right. That's 160. Uh-huh. And then you take 10, 10% off, oh. which is 16. Right. So it's 175, 176 kilo, uh, pounds. Pounds, yeah. right. So, so even so, 700 pounds is like three times, isn't three it? Three times. So that is exceptional, isn't it? That is quite something, yes. Yeah. Well, obviously it is possible because people do it. So. But once again, there's also other external factors around. Okay, well, that's the hysterical and, yeah. strength in there. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, so it's still quite a quite a, um, a quite an achievement, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a bit of stuff we were researching about how we use our muscles. Uh, in our daily lives, and mm-hmm. um, what we found was that, in in fact, we are we are actually stronger than we realise, and the brain or the mind has these pain thresholds built in that act as like safety um, limits mm-hmm. that stop you exceeding a, what is probably just you know obviously a certain percentage of your total capacity, and and way below where you would injure yourself presumably. Mm-hmm. So, um, so what we kind of got was that, and in fact, there was a professor, uh, E. Paul Zare, I think is how it's pronounced, uh-huh. and he's from the University of uh, Victoria in British Columbia, and he said that um, 
his view on it is that in our daily lives, our muscle use is very efficient. So we we only utilize the essentially the absolute minimum amount required. Uh-huh. Um, and he talks about muscle and nerve motor units and that you would not use your whole muscle mass to lift a cup of coffee, for example. Of course. Um, so obviously your brain is acting as a kind of a manager mm-hmm. and uh, obviously assessing the weight of what it is you're trying to lift and trimming the presumably the motor unit utilisation to match mm-hmm. that. Obviously, or else you'd be throwing coffee cups at the ceiling. All day, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, well, it comes to what I mentioned earlier. Yeah. For maximum strength is using all your muscle fibers yeah. at the same time. Mm. So for lifting a cup of coffee, or in this case now I'm lifting a glass of water, yeah. I don't really have to use all my muscle fibers to do it. No. Like you said, it's just boom. Yeah. <laughs> It's going to rain inside of the studio. But uh, you you do kind of weight training stuff. Do, um, do, do you actually, when you train somebody to do uh-huh. powerlifting, as you do as one of your things, do, do, do you train them to go through some kind of pain barrier or not? Uh, or do you train up to that or something? No, actually, uh, well... You know, they have this saying that no pain, no gain in the gyms, which actually I tend to say that is wrong. Uh Because when there's pain, there's something wrong. Well, it's interesting you should say that because that's not quite what it says here in this research. I know, I know. But for example, when I'm doing a squat Uh and I have pain in the knees, Mm -hmm. the fact that I put more weight to try to overcome or try to numb that sensation of pain... Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that I will get used to that or I will pass the pain of the knees. Right. Actually, maybe the problem is that I'm not doing it correctly. Right, right. I'm having, I'm doing something wrong. So there so. can be many factors yes. as to why you're experiencing pain. But mm-hmm. Right, right. Well, you have to remember also that after weight training, what mm-hmm. happens is your muscle fibers break. Right. And during rest periods, they uh, repair. Right. Well, they grow. It actually, it actually says here in the research that researchers have pegged the amount of muscle mass recruited during maximal exercise at around 60%, mm-hmm. and that even elite athletes um, only harness about 80%. So there's of obviously course. some you, you, spare capacity there, mm-hmm, isn't there? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's hard to go over a theoretical more than 80% strength. Well, uh, again, it, it says in here that when you, when your muscles are screaming out for you to stop, um, what, what it's saying yeah. is you can actually do more without injuring yourself. But um, it's not only about it's tears. there for a reason, right? Yeah, but at that moment, you can start to also uh, process or burn uh, burn down the muscle. The protein breaks down, right? And that's when uh, is this? Uh, what's the name of this disease? Uh, this um, uh, the which one? When your muscles start to break down, the protein of your muscles break down. Right. You know, you start to, and then you have to go fast to the emergency room. Oh, necrosis! Dialysis. Yes. No. 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 Uh, in fact, that that 
uh, sickness or disease has been correlated a lot to crossfitters because, mm. you know, the latest fashion is to do crossfit oh, and I so on. About that, yeah. But some people train to uh, exhaustion. Right. Well, to failure, to, to muscle fa failure. Yes, yeah. which uh, rhabdo, uh, something like that is called, yeah. And in fact, you know, let me search for it right now fast. Rhabdomyolysis. And it's a condition where uh, uh, damaged skeletal uh, muscle breaks down rapidly and the breakdown product of the damaged cells are released into the bloodstream. Yeah. And uh, some of these, uh, such as the myoglobin from, yeah. the, from the blood, are harmful to the kidneys and can lead to kidney failure. Wow. Right. Okay, so back to where we were. Yeah. So, reserves. Why do you think our body keeps this amount of reserves? This amount of... Do you think it's something genetically... Oh, in reserve? Yeah. It, it must be, surely it is a... Um, Coded... Uh, it's a survival instinct thing, isn't it? Uh -huh. Because, you know, if a saber-toothed tiger is uh, trying to catch you for its dinner, then... Uh, You need to put on that extra spurt of speed, don't you? Mm -hmm. That you could probably only keep up for um, a very short period of time while you literally run up a tree or something. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think these are probably pro-survival kind of traits that get you out of extreme situations, mm -hmm. I would have thought. Yeah. Well, like, you know, flight or fight stuff. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Um, so if you don't have any reserves, then you're you're done, mm -hmm. aren't you? You have to have one last kind of thing in the bag of tricks, uh -huh. and maybe this is it. So there are also some uh, psychological. Mm. There's a psychological part to, of course, to, to this. Uh, if athletes are uh, psychologically stimulated, mm. that can produce also these. The uh, the rush, the, the adrenaline. Rush, the rush and the... Well, presu presumably athletes uh -huh. train, go through various processes and regimes that actually tune them mm -hmm. to... Yes, it's true that you reach a certain limit. Yeah. You break the limit yeah. and then you start to, you know, yeah. go again. You're, most of the times people reach plateaus. right. When you reach a plateau, is actually that's the harder part to overcome. Right. After that, you get another oh, fair wow. amount of gain, and then right. again. And of course, depends on the training, the type of training you do. Uh, your gain can be a parable, right? Coming up and down, or like usually in powerlifting, which goes little steps up, stable, up. Stable, right. up, like a stair. Oh, uh, right, like a, uh, uh -huh. in steps. And if you stop doing the sport, then you go a little step down and stable, a little step down right. and stable, right. compared to other type of trainings, which you go just right, right. all the way where you started. Well, I was just looking at our notes here, and um, it's saying here that a, a key factor or a key actor, in fact, in pushing to extremes is obviously what is colloquially called the adrenaline rush, which is where hormones such as uh, epinephrine, mm -hmm. which is also known as adrenaline, um, are secreted from our adrenal glands into the blood throughout the body. And it seems to do this it, in our 
subjective uh-huh. experience. It seems to be instant. Yeah. Um, and it's to allow us, as we were discussing a few minutes ago, to respond to urgent kind of, mm-hmm. shall we say, life-threatening you know, situations. You know what was a trick that uh, lifters used to do? Uh-huh. And actually nowadays starts to be... Uh, not only forbidden, but also pass probably back uh, in the backstage mm-hmm. where not other people can see it. Break down ammonia capsules. All right. So right about going to the bar and lift a very heavy weight. Yeah. They break an ammonia cap, <sighs> smell through it, that? and that has two effects. Right. One, open up the airways. Yeah, the airways. Mm. Breathe deeply and more efficient and better. And the other one it's, alters. Your brain thinks, yeah. what the heck's going it's on? A, it's a kick in there. Yeah, like a survival mm-hmm. a threat. And then people go, mm, bull rush. It's <laughs> funny you should say that because I have I remember seeing in movies in years gone by. Uh-huh, that thing of... Yeah, where they do something <laughs> immediately before... I thought they were just, you know, snorting up a line of coke, but obviously it's... <laughs> maybe, maybe that's just my experience, I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah, so interestingly, as we touched on last week, uh, we talked about certain drugs that can mm-hmm. lead to super strength. And we're not, we're not going to go into that again, but uh, it tends to be the group which are methamphetamine... Uh-huh things, types yeah. of drugs that seem to cause these uh, Cocaine and these reactions. Yeah. Um, but in terms of actual studies, and now we come to the section you've all been waiting for. <laughs> How can I be super strong? And that section is... Is now. Is now, and it's by courtesy of Carl Baldwin. Yes, shall I, shall I yes. reveal... Reveal the secret. The top three... Secrets to super strength. Yes. First of all, no. you have to enter to a military program. <laughs> uh, better, a secret military program. A secret. Program. You, you will become stronger, right? Stronger, fitter. If it's secret, it's better. Yeah. yeah it's weird. Anyway, <laughs> so um, there, was, there was, in fact, a, um, a study done back in 1961 that actually... Um, attempted and did a pretty good job it would seem of in Tokyo getting a subjective or well an objective measurement of what was going on and mm-hmm. um what they found and this is at number 3 in the strength boosting um uh-huh. chart okay is um an unexpected very loud sound can mm-hmm. lead to an instantaneous uh, strength boost of around 10%. 10%. Which is not bad, not to be... Well, for somebody, for example, uh, uh, an athlete, yeah. a 10% boost is a lot. That could make the difference between winning... Winning and losing. Winning and who cares. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, and the way it was done in the original study was... I'm not sure they could do this today. Um, was that they had people set up ready to measure their strength, and then unbeknownst to the subject, somebody fired a starter pistol behind their head. <laughs> <laughs> and they went, oh! 
<laughs> you imagine that? Anyway, so uh, that uh, from that they made a consistent measurement of a ten percent boost. Uh-huh. Uh, as we said, if you could get ten percent as an athlete, you'd be quite happy. I would have thought. Um, and of course, they use starter pistols, but they're all trying to anticipate it. It's never a surprise, right? Yeah. So uh, that's the um, number three. That's number three. So we're now number two. The number two spot. Um, is actually something that we talked about beforehand, which is shouting, shouting and grunting, and and we've probably all seen it at some point with on the TV or in a movie uh-huh. where people are deadlifting these really heavy weights that look <laughs> impossible uh-huh. and they make this huge sound. You know, it's interesting and funny actually because yeah. exactly before recording this, I was at the gym. With a powerlifter. Yeah. And he was about to do the squat. And he usually is the guy that he wants, first of all, behind in the back before going to the bar. Yeah. He likes that somebody snaps him, you know, hits him in the back very strong. Well, without him knowing. Or without him seeing like it. Like a... Yes, an impulse. So he, somebody was coming in the back. Boom! Hitting him in the back. Right. And that produces that... Gives him his... Clap sound from right, the back. He's, right. he's not seeing and expecting. That's right. an interesting thing. Right. And after that, he goes grunting and screaming and... <laughs> <laughs> so, can we say sure that he was having Hulk? a 10 and a 15%? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it could be getting both. Who knows, right? Yeah. So, yeah, so grunting. And I said to you, or shouting... Uh-huh. And I uh, mentioned to you, Rafa, before we started this recording, that I wonder... Whether, oh, by the way, shouting and grunting apparently can unlock up to 15%, which Uh is uh, a a lot, right? Um, I don't know if you can hear it, but if you hear the cat now, it's because it's trying to maybe become a werewolf or something. It's Uh, shouting. There is some... Trying to increase the strength. Stranger things have happened in the studio. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, What's the number three? Well, no, no. No, you mean number one? No, well, yeah, number one, number three, three, right? But just to finish on number two, the shouting and grunting, I said to you before the show that I wonder if there's a connection between this and this. Really, it really annoys me with (laughs) professional tennis, although I'm sure amateur players do it as well. Professional tennis players, when they go to strike the ball, you know, big forearm Uh smash, they they all make this noise now, don't they? Particularly Uh women do it, I think. (laughs) Yeah, the, the and I uh-huh. I wonder, I'd be surprised if that wasn't a trained behaviour. I'm sure Might it is. Be a trained I'm behavior. sure it is a trained behaviour, yes. and it's based on something to do. Think with about this. karate mm-hmm. and the scream they do at yeah. the moment of performing a hit, for yeah. example. Yeah, yeah. So I think there's some linkage there. So a little this, you know, if anybody has any thoughts on that about that, please let write us know. in the comments. So now we come. To the number one spot. Now, I, I I wonder if somebody would guess. Well, we were surprised. <laughs> totally. And we are not that easily surprised. But you know, <laughs> when when you're as old as I am, um. So, the number one way you can boost your strength, and it does it by up to thirty percent. Now that is wow. a lot, right? That is a lot is through the use of, I'm going to do a, you know, 
one of those talent program things. Yeah, we have to do now. We need a drum roll. Drum roll. Really, we do need yeah. Can you do one? Yeah. And the number one way to boost your strength is... Thank you, Rafa. Beautifully done. Is hypnosis. Hypnosis. Now, we were surprised at that, weren't we? Yes, so we were surprised, weren't we, that hypnosis... But, yeah. But I suppose when you think about so, it... So, think about it. 30, 40... 55% increase if an athlete goes, gets an hypnosis, yeah. goes out of the cabinet of the hypnosis, straight to the platform, yeah. gets a Unexpected. very strong noise in the yeah. in the bang in the back, gets bang in the yeah. body, and he goes grunting. Yeah. Whoa, there's the you, formula for a world record. Do you think they're additive though? They they could all they, they may not be accumulative. They may be <laughs> you know kind of uh, they may operate in parallel, but but. Yeah, hypnosis. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Yeah. And I wonder, again, I've kind of read about um, like long-distance runners and things like this, and even people doing 100 metres, that they talk about getting into the zone. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if actually they're doing a form of self-hypnosis. Right? This is a technique, mm-hmm. right? Self-hypnosis. Mm-hmm. I just wonder whether there's a connection there. So, yeah. So there you go. Those are the top yeah. three strength Good. boosters. So? A public service we've done there, I think. <laughs> if you have any more comments about super strength, yeah. you would like to say, you know, Carl, I don't like your recipe, or say, Carl, I test your recipe and that was great. Or, Carl, you're talking rubbish as usual. Just write it in the comments, let yeah. us know. And we will come back to you. We discuss this uh, in the next show. And we finish today. Hurrah. Yeah. Woohoo. That was good. That was shorter than usual. Yeah. This is it. It's good. Well, yeah. Don't forget, you can go to our Facebook page, uh, Facebook page check on in the show notes, and have a great day. Yes. See you, Carl. Thank you, Rafa. And you have a great day, too. And we talk to you down the rabbit hole next week. All names, sounds, logos, and other related items are owned by their respective trademark and copyright holders. This podcast is a production of Darkmind Radio. Go to darkmindradio.com to find out more. All rights reserved, Darkmind Radio 2016.